How many of y'all need encouragement today? Let me see your hand. Probably most of us need a word of encouragement today in the light of all the things that have been going on. And I'm so grateful to God again that you're here. I want to share a message that's been ringing in my ear for two weeks now. And it kind of, I believe, is going to be a blessing to you. Be strong in the Lord. The title of the message is Hold On Until Jesus Comes. Hold on until Jesus comes. And I got a feeling there's some of us today that are discouraged and ready to quit, ready to give up. I want to tell you, hold on, my brother, hold on, my sister, until Jesus comes. What about what's going on in our world right now? The Taliban takeover. Who would ever dream would see the images itched in our minds, burned in our souls concerning the Afghanistan fiasco? All it seems to be doing is exposing a weak leadership and administration in our nation in which we need to pray for those who are in leadership position in our nation. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes, we do. And yet uh, we need to pray for our military men and women. Those, I believe it was 12 Marines, brave men, women who are willing to sacrifice, lay down their all for our freedoms here in America, along with, I believe, a, I saw in the paper, a Navy, as well as the Army, and then the Afghans, Afghan people as well, who had ever thought things that we're facing today, this deadly disease that's spreading across our world, going from Florida, now Georgia, and as I mentioned earlier, the Jasper County school system is closing down. We're living in times now where we really need to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say that with me. Hold on. We'll see it very clearly in the Word of God today. But speaking of holding on, it reminded me, I love the story of the two young teenage young men who were just out doing some mischief type of exploration one day, and they ran upon a farmer's field. They exceeded by going across the barbed wire fence. Next thing you know, they noticed a big 2,000-pound bull in the field. He was pawing. He was, uh, he was pawing the ground. He was uh, lowering his head. He was getting ready to charge. And the two young men said, what are we going to do? They said, quick, run. So they took off in the field. And meanwhile, the bull took off after them. One of the boy, young men said to another, said, quick, do something. Quick, do something. And he said, what am I going to do? The other boy said, he said, pray, pray, do something, pray. And the boy said, well, I don't really know how to pray. And the other boy said, well, well do something. The bull was gaining on them meanwhile. And he said, just pray. And so about that time, they dropped down in the middle of the field. And one boy said, all I know to do is pray like my daddy does before we have our meal. And he said, dear God, thank you for what we're about ready to receive <laughs> right now. <laughs> and the other boy said, that's not the kind of prayer I think you should have prayed. But look, hold on, hold on until Jesus comes. Take your Bibles and turn to the book. You got it, the last book of the Bible, what we call the Apocalypsis, the unveiling. I love the book of Revelation chapter 2. Find your Bible Stand together as we're going to read chapter 2. The Lord had me to preach a message from this text a little over a year ago. However, God's led us back to the same text. It's not the same message, 
the Lord began to burst some things in my heart about this message. And I hope you get your pencil and paper out real quick because this is going to be an absolute wonderful study today. Hold on until Jesus comes. Yes, hold on until the Lord comes. Revelation chapter 2. And I want to begin reading in verse number 18. Revelation chapter 2. And let's look, please, at verse number 18. Remember, our Lord is speaking through John, who's exiled on the Isle of Patmos, 95 A.D., and he's referring to these literal churches during John's day. This is a message to you and me today, the church. This is, please distinguish between Israel and the church as you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. This is a message to the church. We are now in the church age. Listen to what the Word of the Lord says. I think it's very, very applicable and, yea, pertinent, pertinent for our present day. Revelation 2, verse 18, if you're there, say amen. amen. And unto the angel, the word angel is angelos. It's uh, translated messenger. If you look back in chapter 1, you find out that Jesus Christ holds the seven stars in his hand. He refers to them as angels. Some say this was maybe perhaps the pastor of that church. Others say, no, it was a real angel. It really does not distract from the text. The Bible teaches the angel of the church. Notice, at Thyatira. I had the privilege of being in the archaeological remains just a few years ago. Not much to it, I might add. An angel of the church in Thyatira write, these things saith the Son of God. Notice that's capitalized. The Son of God who hath his eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Boy, that is a picture of not Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. That's not a picture of Jesus in a tomb. That's Jesus Christ risen from the grave as the King of glory. Keep reading. Verse 19, I know thy works. Jesus is saying this to the church. I know thy works. Word works is ergon. It means your labor. I know thy works and charity. That word charity is agape, which means love. He's commending the church. They're doing a lot of great things. Notice what he said. I know thy works and charity and service. This is the only place in the book of Revelation where this word is used. Diakonia is the word for service. It can be both materially serving and spiritually serving. He said, I know thy works and charity and service and then our, and faith. And thy patience, the word patience is hupovene, it means endurance. Wow, this church was a strong church. And thy works, notice what he said at the end, please underline it. And the last to be more than the first. Let me just make a quick comment and I'll move on. Did you notice to the church of Ephesus in chapter 2 verse 1, he said you've left your first love. This church, you didn't leave your first love. He said the last is better than the beginning. And so that's an interesting contrast. I believe, beloved, listen to me, I believe as a Christian, the best is yet to come. It really is. If you believe in heaven, if you read the book of Revelation, you see all around us, yes, negativism. But thank God beyond are the here and now is the hereafter. Look at verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, said the Lord, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Many believe that her name probably wasn't Jezebel, but at least he's identified this whoever 
so-called self-appointed lady in the church who was a false teacher, and yet uh, John is uh, pinpointing and recognizing through the Holy Spirit of God this uh, particular issue, false teaching, false doctrine. Notice verse 21. I gave her space to repent, that is, turn from her sin, of her fornication, and she repented not. Uh, behold, I will cast her into bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts. The word reins is the word nephros, where we get our word kidney. Isn't that interesting? God said, I search the heart, the kidney. <laughs> oh, yes. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Quick comment, and I'll move on. Some say that the church, perhaps this is not literal uh, fornication, but it perhaps could be spiritual fornication. That is idolatry. If you recall, Jezebel in the Old Testament committed that abominable sin, worshiping Baal and Ashtaroth, and perhaps that is indicated here. Either way, it doesn't take away from the text. The Lord Jesus is reprimanding uh, not only the church here, but also this uh, particular sin that's going on. Now look at verse 24. But I say unto you and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have, have not this doctrine and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none of the burden, none of the weight. Doctrine's important. People just say, oh, you just all love everybody. It don't matter what they teach. It doesn't matter what they say. But God says through Paul to Timothy and right here throughout the scriptures, doctrine's important. Doctrine, listen to me, does not divide. Doctrine unites. I need some help right there. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. What we believe is vital, vital, vital. And there's a lot of Christians today that maybe have good intentions, but they are not discerning in these days. We need to be discerning, beloved. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. False teaching and stuff that's just, uh, just out there. Anyway, verse 25, look at it. And this is our text. But that which you have already, hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. Say it with me. Hold fast. Say it with me. Hold fast. Say it with me. Hold fast. Boy, that's just a great message. Hold fast until I come. Protio is the word. It means be strong. It means to hold on. It means to hold fast. Oh my, if there was a time we needed to hold fast, it's right now. And I'm preaching to some daddies and moms of skirt. Listen, hold fast, soldier. Hold fast till I come, till I come, till I come. Jesus is telling the church, I'm coming again. Hold fast, hold on, be strong. Don't quit, don't give up. Keep on, keep it on. Oh, yes. Look at verse 26. And he that overcometh, the word overcometh means prevail. It means to be victorious. It means to conquer. He that overcomes, Nikeo is the word where we get our word Nike. Be, be strong. He that overcomes, look at this, and keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power. The word power is authority. Over the nations, please note this, those of your Bible teachers, the word nations is ethnos. It primarily means Gentiles. 
We'll come back to that. I don't know if I have time to elaborate on all of that, but please just make a mental note of that. We'll perhaps follow up on that soon. He, look at verse 27, he shall rule. The word rule is poimeno or poimen, which means shepherd. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. Some uh, scholars reference that to none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And the church said, Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Father, again, oh God, we need a word from you today. We need to hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And God, I pray for your glory to be manifest in this place. Those who are lost and not saved, God, in the name of Jesus, draw them. Help them to yield. Help them throw in the white flag. Help them, Lord, to repent, turn from leaving you out of their life and their sin and turn to you. Then, Father, those of us who've been washed in the blood, I pray, God, for these days that are so uncertain and so seemingly negative everywhere we turn. Bad news, bad news, bad news. Oh, God, fill us afresh today. Fill this place again with your glory. Fill every daddy, every mama, every young person, God, with mountain-moving, soul-sin-cleansing and devil-defying, Christ-honoring faith. Be glorified through it all, we pray in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. You may be seated. Let's go quickly. Hold on till I come. Hold on till I come. And there are three steps that I want to share with you that I think you can take and I can take today that will enable us to hold on until Jesus Christ comes. I find that in the text. As I was praying and laboring over the text, saying, Lord, what do you see here that I need to see here and then share here? Number one, hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. Number one, hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. If we're going to be conquerors, if we're going to be overcomers, we must, we absolutely, irrevocably, unashamedly must hold on to our faith in Jesus Christ. I find that in the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. There's a second step that you can take and I can take. If we're going to live these days fearless, people today are in fear. Hello. People today are afraid. People today are phobic. They are hiding, running, afraid of this and that. What if this and what if that and all the bad news. If we are going to hold fast, we not only need to hold on to our faith in Jesus Christ, number two, we also need to hold on to serving Jesus Christ, serving Jesus Christ. Did you hear what the Lord said to this church? I know your works. I know what you're doing. I know your labor of love. We must hold on to our serving Jesus Christ in these days when people are running to the hills, running to the caves, running scared to, to serve the Lord. Now, I'm not saying foolishness. We need to use wisdom. The things that are going around us are real. But if God has ever called us as a church or us as Christians to make a difference, 
He's calling us right now. It's not time to give in to the flesh and give in to the spies report that God's not on his throne. And some of you are listening to the news. And some of us are listening to the news. And we're living in a state in our time, in our nation, where if we're taking in negativism, we're going to be speaking out negativism. How many know what I'm talking about? And God help me. God help you. Be truthful now. How many of you have been really negative, 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 negative about stuff going on? Where is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Where is our trust in Him? Notice what He said. Hold on till He comes. Three steps. Hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. Hold on to serving Jesus Christ. And number three, hold on to your hope that Jesus will come again. Revelation 2.25. Hold on till I come. Number one, hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. Notice what He said. Unto the angel in the church of Thyatira, write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and agape love, and service. Yes, this church, during a time of persecution, during a time of martyrdom, during a dark day, when even John is exiled on the Isle of Patmos, Cause of his faith in Jesus. This church didn't hide or lie under a bushel. This church rose up to the cause. Christians who are making a difference in Afghanistan, their Taliban's going around and killing them, martyring them. How can we here in America sit back in our lazy boy recliner and twiddle our thumbs when and Christians are being slaughtered all over the world. God, help us in this day to serve the Lord and to let our light shine, reach out to a lost and dying world that needs Jesus. Hey, he said, I know your faith, and here's where I got that, and your endurance, patience, and your works, and the last, watch this, the last to be more than the first. I believe the best is yet to come. I do. I believe the best is yet to come. Oh, yes. Hold on to your faith in Jesus. Can I say a couple of thoughts? Two parts. Number one, hold on to the certainty of his sovereignty. Hold on to the certainty of his sovereignty. Number two, hold on to the legacy of your eternal destiny. Number one, hold on to his certainty of his sovereignty. How many of y'all believe that God's still in control? Look, I know that it looks like God is not in control. I know it appears that chaos and confusion and bedlam is sweeping across our world. And it's just to me another indicator. The Lord is calling His church. The Lord is calling men and women to repent. The Lord is calling us. Hey, that there, these are desperate days, but the Lord reminded me when I turned off of Mill Pond Road onto Highway 11 today as I was coming over here, I was turning and I was talking to the Lord and here's what the Lord showed, spoke to my heart about. Not the all-out audible voice, but the thought occurred to me. Son, 
the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker the night, the brighter the light. But I'm seeing a lot of Christians run to the hills. I'm seeing a lot of so-called mature Christians living in fear, ineffective, and uh, just preserving, and just self-preserving, and running in fear, and afraid to, to do anything to share the good news, afraid to reach out. And I believe the devil is having a heyday with a lot of God's people. There's some of you here today, you've been living in fear. You know you have. And God is saying, hey, look, son, I've called you. Time such as this. Look, daughter, I've called you for such time as this. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Y'all listen, because I know you're looking up here and saying, well, pastor, you're not around people like I am. Really? <laughs> you don't think I'm around people? I was at a funeral home last Sunday night. I'm around people all the time. Now, listen to me. Look up here. I'm not foolish, and I'm not going to go without washing my hands. So I want to keep a balance here, but I'm telling you this. Y'all look at me. I'm not going to let the devil intimidate me, and I trust with by the grace of God, you won't let the devil intimidate you from serving the Lord. Some of you today, God help us. You know, and, and hey, it's my flesh tendency to see what's going on in the world, watch the news, see what's going on, to shrink back and say, oh, but you know what? As I looked out at the crowd today, I'm, I'm confessing this. I looked out at the crowd today, and I said, dear God, you're a mighty God. At a time when the chairs ought to be empty, they're almost full. What a testimony to me. What a testimony to the grace of God. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need some soldiers. Hold on. We need some reinforcements. Hold on. We need some giant killers. Hold on. We need some men and women who believe God to do great exploits. Hold on. We need some young people to dare to be a Daniel. Hold on. We need some mamas and daddies blazing the trail, weeping, crying, interceding for lost souls. God, help us to hold on in these days. And, and I want to tell you something. Let me say this. I say this in love. I really mean this. But at a time when our children and grandchildren desperately need to see salt and light and need to see consistency in our spirituality, it's not time to get slack with serving the Lord. It's not time to be AWOL. It's not time to lick our wounds and get out of the will of God. It's time to take a stand like never before and say, devil, you're not going to win this battle. Amen. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. Intimidate us. The sovereignty of God. Question, is your life under his control? One of my favorite verses in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say do? Well, we know God is in control. In the light of all this going on in Afghanistan and in Iran and all of the Middle East with Israel and Gaza and Hezbollah and Syria and China and Russia, all of this. Y'all listen, look up here. 
it's going according to God's plan. I've read it in the book. We don't have to be insecure. We don't have to go by the way of the news and the world is feeding us a bunch of, <laughs> there's a Greek word I want to use, baloney. <laughs> baloney, baloney, baloney. We've got to stop Listen to the baloney that's in our world. And if we're going to build our faith up, it's going to be built up right here in the Word of God. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's why you're here today, and I'm praying God will build us up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about holding on for self-preservation. I'm saying hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the certainty God's sovereignty, number one. But number two, the legacy of your eternal destiny. The legacy of your eternal destiny. Did you hear what Jesus said to the church? I know your works. How many believe we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day? The legacy. And with the Lord, is the Lord going to say, Son, I, I, I know what's going on. I, I've made you... As Esther was told by Mordecai, such a time as this, this has not caught God by surprise. He's not drinking Malachs in heaven. He's not gnawing on his fingernails. He is on his throne. Jesus is coming again. The Lord knows what we're going through. We can trust him. Hold on, church. Hold on. Our legacy is what's important. I've said it over and over again, and I want to say it again. See if you agree. It's not how you start in this race. Amen. How many of y'all want to finish faithful? Amen. My dear friend Jimmy DeYoung went to be with the Lord just two weeks ago. I can say this. He was still on the radio. He was still preaching the Word of God. To me, that's one of the greatest compliments that a person can give a person is they were faithful to the finish. But you do know we've got an enemy. You do know the enemy would love to knock you out of the battle. He'd love to knock me out of the battle. And many of us, if we're not careful, we've got blind spots. We can't see how the enemy is pushing us further and further from the will of God, from the word of God, and then the enemy will go in for a jugular vein kill. Peter put it this way, be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whom withstand steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are accomplished in your brethren of the world. The God of all grace hath called you into his eternal glory after you suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strength, and settle you. Y'all look up here a minute. Jesus Christ has never, ever, ever told us that we wouldn't go through hardships and that we wouldn't go through storms. But he did promise to be with us through them. Amen. Somebody ought to shout. Amen. Woo! He said, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Well, Lord, if you're going to be with me, why do I need to be afraid? <laughs> why do I need to live in fear? Why am I letting the devil paralyze me with these thoughts in my mind? In the name of Jesus, Satan, get behind me. Yes, that's what we need to do. I talked with a lady last week. She told me this. She said, 
after my mama died, my daddy died, and then she laughed and said, my dog died. <laughs> uh, you know, you can get close to a dog. I said, I, I'm sorry. She said, but look, and I'm not saying at times we face these times. She said, where I lived and around me, all the churches were shut down. She said, honestly, I like YouTube uh, live stream, but here's what she told me. She said, and I know some of the people that are watching live stream, they got underlying health issues. I'm not talking to you, okay? But she said this, there's some things you cannot get on live stream on your couch at home. You can only get coming to church. She told me that. She told me that. And I agree with her. And I said, well, I know there's times and, and there's a balance there. Again, I'm not knocking those who've got underlying health issues and they're concerned and, and, and this thing's real. But I'm saying this, enemies working overtime, our legacy, our testimony. Yes, number two, hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. Number two, hold on to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. There's opportunities here. There's opportunities here. There's opportunities and I was talking just yesterday. We had about an hour meeting yesterday, informal meeting, about thank God for those who signed up. But can I be honest with you? There's a lot of people who God has really gifted that for some reason or another, uh, maybe I don't know, but just are not feeling led to serve the Lord in a real needed capacity. How many know that we need servant leaders in New Rocky Creek Baptist Church? How many know that if we're going to carry on the gospel, we've got to have willing workers? How many know that being a part of a team is biblical? The Lord said that he gives us for that purpose. And that's where, listen to me, that's where we're going to find meaning and purpose in life. It, 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 there's nothing wrong with earning money, and there's nothing wrong with the sports world and all that. But look, what does a man gain if he, profit gains the whole world, who's on his soul? Serving the Lord. I like what Josh said last week. You said, Josh, on Sunday morning, I don't have to wake up and say, am I going to church? I'm going. Amen. How many know that that ought to be just a commitment? Come on, talk to me, somebody. Amen. And I'm not sure, should I go to church today or should I not? Bless God, we ought to settle that thing a long time ago. Can I get an amen? amen. I mean, really, really. And, and it's not legalism, it's love for the Lord. Look what Jesus has done for me. He's washed my sins away. <laughs> He's given me a home in heaven. He's given me a better life I'd have never lived. The Lord has been good to me. He could take me home today, and I'll tell you, I'd have nothing to complain about. Amen. Hold on to serving Jesus Christ. Will you do that? Will you serve the Lord with gladness? He that overcomes and keepeth my works unto the end, him will I give authority over the nations. I believe this has, I'm going to throw this out real quick, eschatological implications, meaning this is the end time scenario. The next event on God's calendar, shoo, the twinkling of an eye, the rapture of the church, the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, Dead in Christ shall rise first, those of us that are alive in the main, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, caught up, heart, harpazo. That is rapio. That is snatched with force. All right? The rapture, the judgment seat of Christ, the marriage of the Lamb, seven years of God's wrath poured out on the human race in the form of seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vows. And yet God's focus is on Israel during the tribulation. 144,000 supernaturally sealed. Two witnesses, according to Revelation chapter 11 and Revelation chapter 14, will be witnesses during that time. 
and the Lord will fulfill his purpose as the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. Gentile powers that have ruled and reigned over the Temple Mount will come to an end. Satan's time is short. The Antichrist, the false prophet, the kings of the east will merge in the valley of Megiddo, the valley called the Battle of Armageddon. Jesus Christ will come again. And in what we call a second coming, no man knows the hour, no, not the angels in heaven, but the Father only. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. And when he comes again, we'll come back with him. John depicted those words in Revelation 19 when he said, I saw the armies in heaven which followed him on white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth go the sharp sword that he should smite the nations. He that treads upon the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. You know what's going to happen after the rapture of the church, after the seven years of tribulation, after Christ comes back in the second coming. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign on the temple mount, on his throne and his kingdom. There shall be no end, and we're going to rule and reign with him. Well, glory! And here is a reference to those that wonder what we're going to do when we get into millennial reign. There is a reference here. We will rule over the ethnos, nations. What all that means, I do not fully understand. But I do see, he said, you'll Govern the word rule is govern poiman them with a rod of iron and the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as they received of my father. All I'm saying this, it's gonna be glorious. I know that much. Hey, look, listen to me, listen to me. Hold on to faith in Jesus Christ, hold on to serving the Lord. How many believe it'll be worth it one day? Oh, yes, it's going to be worth it all. Yes, when we see Jesus, I believe that. Now, look, I say that every Sunday, and some of you look at me when I talk about death and how uh, life is but a vapor. You look at me like I'm crazy, and then all of a sudden somebody dies in our community, and it sends a shockwave across our community. Talk to me, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Have you made peace with God? Are you right where God wants you? Hey, look, number three, and I'm almost done. Hold on to your faith in Jesus. Hold on to your serving in Jesus. Last, hold on to your hope. <laughs> hope is not maybe so. Hope is that confident expectation. Hold on to your hope in Jesus Christ, who will soon come again. But that which you have already, hold fast. Say that with me one more time. Hold fast. Say it one more time. Hold fast. Child of God, hold fast. Hold the line. Hold the line, hold the line, hold the line, hold the line. Don't give up, don't give in, hold the line. I'm preaching to somebody right now who's going through a hard time. I don't know what you're going through uh, completely, but emotionally and, and, and uh, mentally, you've gotten low, but God is able to pick you up. God's able to breathe life in you. God is saying, hey, strengthen your hands. Be strong in the Lord. Hold on, hold on. Keep on keeping on. Why? Because Jesus Christ will come again one day. Oh, yes, he will. Behold, hold fast till I come. Hold fast till I come. You know, I look in my Bible and I find in Matthew's gospel, Matthew said, be also ready, for you think not the hour the Son of Man comes. Matthew 24, 44. I look in Mark's gospel, chapter 13, Verse 23, I find the words of the Lord that said, I've foretold you of these things that were going to happen and are happening right now. 
I look over in Luke's gospel, chapter 21, verse 28, and I see where Luke says, Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. I find in John's gospel the words of our Lord, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again. Receive you unto myself that when I am there, I am there you may be also. I look over there and that the record of, uh, recorded by Luke the physician, the historian, namely in chapter 1, verse 11, when Jesus Christ has conquered the grave, he's risen from the grave, he's fixing to ascend back in heaven, he's standing on the Mount of Olives, and remember the angels that said, you man of Galilee, why stand you gazing upward? This same Jesus will come in like manner. I read over there in Romans chapter 11, verse 26, where Paul said, Then all of Israel shall be saved. That is all who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I look over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 22. You know the word that's used? Maranatha! Maranatha! Say that with me. Maranatha! The Lord's coming! You know what the early church used to do? They'd greet each other and say, Maranatha! 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 I look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, so let every one of us appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I find over there in the book of Galatians uh, that the Lord said, be strong and stand fast in the liberty wherewith we've been set free. Chapter 5, verse 1. I see in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, where Paul said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that it might sanctify it with the washing of water by the word. I look over there in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 where I see Paul say, Your citizenship is in heaven where we eagerly await the return of the Lord Jesus Christ who shall transform the body of our state in the conformity of his body. I turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the verse I just quoted, chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout. I look in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, I gather together unto him. A picture of the great getting up morning. Yes, I look in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Now to him that's able to keep you from falling. He said, now, uh, now to him that's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day, the day Christ comes again. I read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, where Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness to the Lord. The righteous judge shall give me on that day. Not to me only, but to all of them who love is appearing. I look over there in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, where Paul writes to his son in the Lord and says, looking for that blessed hope. I look there in Philemon, and I find out where Paul said, whatever he owes, speaking of Onesimus, put it on my account, Philemon. I see in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, where the Lord said, it's appointed a man wants to die, but after this the judgment. I read in James' practical pointers in his epistle, chapter 5 and verse 8, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. I turn to 1 Peter and 2 Peter and find in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, there'd be mockers in the last days saying, where is the promise of his coming? I turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 and 3 that says, Oh, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. It does not appear what we should be, but we know when he shall appear, we'll be like him. When he shall appear, we'll be like him. Oh, hallelujah. We shall see him as he is. I turn to Jude and verse 14 where Jude says, He's coming with 10,000 of his saints. But I read in that last book, Revelation 
chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, namely verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Listen, here's my message. Hold on till he comes. Hold on till he comes. Hold on till he comes. Does anybody need to pray today? Does anybody need to intercede for our nation today? Does anybody have a heavy burden today? Hold on. Is anybody here discouraged? Is anybody here need a breakthrough? Hold on till it comes. Stand to your feet, my dear brother and sister. Hold on till it comes. Yes, discouragement on every hand. Jesus Christ will come again. He said, hold on. Oh, yes, hold on. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The altar is open. Whatever you do, do it quickly. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, Father, thank you. Oh, blessed God. Times such as this that we can't see our way clearly. All this happening. with one thing after another. And yet, we need your grace for the race. And the church said, Oh, God, give us grace to rise above. He that overcomes, you said, he that overcomes, make us overcomers. Put substance in our heart, strengthen our hands, fortify us with faith. Forgive me, forgive us, Lord, of being negative. Forgive us, dear Lord, of doubting and living in fear. God, give us that kind of grace and faith and works. And hope, because you're coming, you're coming, you're coming. We say, even so come, Lord Jesus. The church said.